this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. It's sound check. Howdy, y'all, and welcome back to part two of the Rocker's Guide to Country. We're going to dive into some Outlaw Country here coming up next. Um, Outlaw Country was a big thing in the 70s. If you have a dad, for example, who listens to country music, it's most likely, and it's from the 70s, most likely Outlaw Country. Mm -hmm. You know, he's probably not listening to Ray Price, I assume. Mm. Um, But Outlaw Country is one of those that's totally founded on, like... Authenticity. Authenticity, street cred, like badass people who have done bad things. And you can hear roots of it in places like Folsom Prison Blues. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. It's kind of if you took a song like that and just expanded it. And that doesn't mean that there's not emotional content in Outlaw Country, because there definitely is. Mm. But this is sort of harder-nosed country music. It dips its toes into rock and roll maybe a little bit more. Um, and it's just, uh, it's it's generally kind of badass stuff. Is this the style of country music that we you would say most uh, artists that are inspired by country tend to gravitate towards? Is it a little more approachable? I would definitely say if you're if you're a non-country artist and you say, oh, like country music really influences my music, it's usually stuff like this. All right. Um, and this is kind of the start of a negative trend for country music too, but we'll talk about that a little more later. Um, but this uh, really fabulous stuff, the first one I'm going to play you is uh, not as crazy hardcore as some of the later stuff but this is a a bit of la freeway by guy clark from his biggest album old number one his first album um guy clark a very famous texas outlaw singer songwriter and uh let's just hear a little bit of la freeway great cover of this by jerry jeff walker by the way To the landlord for me But some bitches always bored me Throw out them L.A. papers And that moldy box of vanilla wafers Adios to all this concrete Gonna get me some dirt road back street I can just get off of this L.A. freeway Be down a road and a cloud of smoke to some land. I bought, 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 and it's his you. Guy Clark, famous Texan. What did y'all think? I like this one a lot. Is this the first we're hearing from uh, Texas? Um, Probably not, but 
Definitely one of the first unabashedly Texan people. I know right. uh, Ernest Tubb has a very famous Texas song, Waltz Across Texas. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, we're pulling a lot at this point, uh, especially from the American South. But, like, Texas kind of becomes a focal point in the outlaw country movement. Yes. Texas, New Mexico, that kind of region. Right. Yeah, and after after going there this summer, I can or last year, I can I definitely gravitate to this even more now that I've seen that landscape and what it's inspired by. Yeah, definitely, you get that kind of dry, dusty feel from this sort of stuff. You know, this also reminded me a lot of um, Bob Dylan's soundtrack. Um, oh, Pat Garrett, Pat Garrett, and Billy the Kid, um, which also became a movie that I watched over the summer. It was. Uh, that, that when I heard the songs on that track, when I, when I heard we were going to do a country episode, I wanted to hear more stuff like that. Yeah, and, and this is what I really liked. I can definitely totally hear that. You like this one, Brody? Yeah, I did. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's go to one of the true badasses of the outlaw country music movement, uh, David Allen Coe. This is his great interpretation of Steve Goodman and another songwriter's. You Never Even Called Me By My Name. Well, it was all that I could do to keep from crying. Sometimes it seems so useless to remain. But you don't have to call me. You never even call me by my name. So, David Allen Coe spent a lot of time in prison from about the age of 10 to the age of 30. Um, And he released his first album in 1970. He was apparently encouraged into songwriting by one Screamin' Jay Hawkins, um, who he served time with no way yeah i mean two famous liars david allen coe and screaming jay hawkins so god knows if it's true but (laughs) i like to think it is uh this song was written by the late great steve goodman who somehow at this point is most well known for go cubs go the cubs theme song that's sung after every cubs home game win Hmm. um he originally wrote the much better a dying cubs fans last request um, which was a autobiographical song as he was dying of cancer, an autobiographical comedy song about um, how he, he was kind of happy to not have to watch the Cubs anymore because they were so bad. Um, but he was a great songwriter. I don't really care for his uh, his singing, but his songs are truly top-notch. And one reason that this song specifically is as top-notch as it is is because it was in part co-written in one drunken hotel room night with John Prine. Mm-hmm. Um, personal favorite of mine, reason I'm into country music at all, in my opinion, probably the great, my favorite songwriter of all time. Definitely We're going to hear of, more of him. One later. of the greatest songwriters of all time. We will definitely hear more of him. Um, but John Prine didn't really want to be credited on it because he thought the song was kind of a goofy novelty song. He didn't want to get any of the uh, country mainstays mad at him, which you don't hear as much in the first two verses, but definitely uh, in this bridge in third verse you can hear. And I'm going to play a little bit of this because we've talked a lot about country misconceptions 
this episode, and this song actually kind of addresses those head-on in a satirical way. And then we'll talk a little more. Well, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song, and he told me it was the perfect country and western song. I wrote him back a letter, and I told him it was not the perfect country and western song because he hadn't said anything at all about mama or trains or trucks or prisons or getting drunk. Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song, and he sent it to me, and after reading it, I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song. And I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before station in the pickup truck she got round over by a damned old train it's a great sing-along song i really love it but uh, what did you all think of this one i know this is a little left well, field. I, I believe you at the very least had showed me whether intentionally or not, maybe while we were just like sitting on the deck or something, but prior to this, so I already really enjoyed this song. Yeah. What year are we, is, did this come out? This would be 1975. So already in 75, people are aware of country stereotypes. Definitely. I think that deserves a talking point on its own for how long these stigmas have been put in the public right. lexicon. And actually... I can give you an even earlier example oh, shit. later on in this show. Um, but this is a, it, it, it does show a self-awareness to country music, which I think gets at that stereotype that this is a bunch of idiots just writing about, you know, wanting to have sex with their trucks or whatever. <laughs> you know, Like there's lots of offensive bullshit about country music and I'm here to say, knock it off. <laughs> what did you think of this though? I really liked it. I I just I I know I went overboard with this one, folks. I just I can't get enough of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of can't get enough, uh, Johnny Paycheck is up next. He rolled with George Jones for a while, and he was the only hell his mama ever raised. His name's Johnny Paycheck. Yeah. Is that his given Christian name? Yeah. <laughs> I can't sell my mama's short on loving me. Guess that's why she let me go so far Mama tried to stop me short of stealing I guess that's why I had to steal that car She told me not to smoke it, but I did And it took me far away And I turned out to be The only hell my mama ever raised bit of a funk element with this one too i was gonna say i'm sure we had ones before but i was actually gonna mention with i don't know which song but um it seems like 60s and prior if it did have um uh drums in it they were like almost 
inaudible they, in the mix. Yeah, they were definitely yeah. mixed very low. But I, but this is not for this song, guys. The, I think the drums are mixed very uh, appropriately. Yeah. Um, not, not to mention a great slide guitar lick in there. Yeah. That, that, that is my favorite example of slide on the entire playlist. I don't know why the, the, the line and the delivery of just, my mama told me not to smoke it. But I did. <laughs> makes, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it's it's just sort of one of those throw your hands up like, yeah, I know mom didn't want me to do this stuff, but yeah. here I am. I guess it's just, it, he's just so matter of fact about it. Yeah, freaking, he's just like, freaking out the neighborhood original. Yeah, version. you're definitely, I mean, it's it's really that sort of like, I'm not, it's, 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 it's kind of given that authenticity angle too. It's like, I'm not trying to be, this person I'm not putting on a display. This is just who I am. Which brings up an interesting thing about the outlaw country movement is that all this was about authenticity as country music always was and being yourself and being true to yourself and being real country. Um, but the thing is, Johnny Paycheck, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, most of the outlaw country folks had been around since the 60s or the 50s. Mm. Like, you can go back and look at Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and Johnny Paycheck album covers from the 60s, and they look just like George Jones. George Jones had that army flat top. Yeah, uh, suit. Yeah, suit, like just clean shaven. straight-laced, clean-shaven guys. But once the hair started to grow out, some of these younger guys came in, like Chris Christopherson, uh, who looked like a dirty hippie, but everyone was okay with it because he wrote songs so good. Mm. <laughs> um, all bets were off. I think... That that that's one of the things, um, and you've heard mentions of weed a few times, and there are lots stronger drugs that these guys are into, but I think one of the things that has stuck around is since everybody was so straight laced and clean shaven and well manicured in the fifties and sixties, no one ever really considered country music to be part of the counterculture or part of. Uh, they, they were just, you know, clean-shaven, good Christian boys. Could you th huh. th throw a gospel song on an album and, you know, shave your face and cut your hair and your... And sing about skeletons' money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 then you're good enough, you know? You're, you're a clean-shaven Christian fellow. But really, the outlaw country movement is more authentic than that stuff in the 60s for these guys. Like, these guys had always been bad by society standards. They'd always been doing bad things and committing crimes and but they just doing never drugs. They just it in the public eye. Yeah, they didn't put it in the public eye. They didn't put it on the album cover. They didn't put it in the songs. Wow. Uh, but then in the 70s, that became allowed, and you got stuff like this, and you got true big, huge badasses like Waylon Jennings, and I'm going to bring on his song, I Ain't Living Long Like This on here. Very well covered by the Viagra Boys, by the way, if you want to seek that out. But this is his original, and this one rocks. I look for trouble and I found it, son. Straight down the barrel of a lawman's gun. I try to run, but I don't think I can. You make one move and you're a dead man. Oh! 
Yeah, just like that beat and bass line is like perfect for the uh, Viagra boys to cover. Yeah, and they're, they they really do a fabulous job uh, with that. I think that's another one that is in GTA. Yeah. That's like the only station I listen to when I play that. <laughs> <laughs> that mixing is very 70s too. I loved it. Yeah, definitely. That's something else uh, Brody brought up actually um, the other day with me is I was listening to something else by Waylon Jennings. And on a lot of his 70s stuff, you'll hear phaser all over the guitars. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't really know why, but like super affected phasery guitars on like, a lot like of Like almost stuff. like, uh, don't get too close to my fantasy. Yeah, like crazy. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah, big, huge effects. I don't know. But uh, Waylon Jennings had 15 country number one hits. That's one of them that you just heard. Um, and I don't have, like, there's not really much more I can say about Waylon Jennings. Like, there's books and books and books. Um, super interesting guy. But a little tidbit that I learned just before the show, actually. Apparently, Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on the flight uh, with Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. Oh, wow. The day the music died. Uh, when they all died in that plane crash, Waylon Jennings had a seat and gave it up. On that, that flight. I don't know. I don't think anyone. Well, but. that was really mean of him. <laughs> <laughs> he he was supposed to be there, so we would have missed out on a whole lot. Who knows what outlaw country would look like without Waylon Jennings. He knew something that day. That yeah. dirty Waylon. <laughs> he had some sort of sixth sense. But um, speaking of famous outlaw country and who knows where we'd be today without him, we're going to talk about, except for maybe Johnny Cash, maybe... We're going to talk about the most famous country musician of all time. Uh, Maybe living country musician? Definitely most famous living country musician. Mm. He would be right there neck and neck with Johnny Cash in terms of crossover appeal and rock fan fandom, rock fans who like him. Uh, This is, I mean, Willie Nelson. Come on. Bruh. I'm writing a song all about you A true song as real as my tears But you've no need to fear it Cause no one will hear it Cause sad songs and waltzes Aren't selling this year. I just want to mention one thing before we go into the positives. That album cover is so goofy. It really is. <laughs> shotgun Willie, look it up. Uh, Willie Nelson is in both barrels of a shotgun. <laughs> but a truly great album. And actually, uh, shout out to Ryan Horky, who's uh, our session drummer as Kindness Texas and a friend of the show. Um, He helped me out with some of the selection here. He's the reason that you heard Divorce earlier, and uh, he helped me pick the Willie Nelson song. Mm. Hello Walls is another song he recommended. Definitely seek that one out. I mean, honestly, Willie Nelson has 95 studio albums, and he rarely misses. Like, He's he's one of those cosmic figures like a George Jones, like a going out of country Frank Sinatra, like one of those people who can just sing any song and make you totally believe it yeah. and believe that it's his, even if it's not. 
Got a unique voice. Got a very unique voice. Uh, if, if you're not big into country, but you like more croonery stuff, check out Stardust. That's that's where he covers a lot of pop standards. Yeah, he covers right? lots of standards yeah. on that, and that's early for. I believe you have it right there, a musician. Yeah, I do have it somewhere back in this stack for video listeners, but um, yeah, just honestly, Willie Nelson, all time great. What did y'all think? I like this one. Do y'all yeah. have any familiarity with Willie Nelson? I do. I believe it or not, I went through a short phase where i didn't really like i didn't listen to the music of willie nelson but i just watched interview after interview with him Mm because i found him to be just a fascinating person yeah does he still play with that broken nylon string guitar yep god what's the name of that thing do you guys know oh god he has a name trigger yeah yeah Mm. oh i got obsessed with just like the history of that guitar yeah and just like the the legend behind the man you know i feel like i don't know if i'd say a lot but i knew a fair amount, maybe any like the Willie Nelson spark notes, right? Of just like he was a very big uh, crossover hits between more uh, country folk and more of the uh, counterculture movement in the sixties and seventies, right. and he kind of brought the the rock and the um, country people together, and honestly became like he's also just kind of just like almost an icon just like yeah he's he's one of those people who just really i think transcend the genre well i was thinking about his legacy as a person first of all we talked earlier about how lots of people today and lots of like liberal people like ourselves um consider country music to be beneath them because oh that's like just conservative or that's for trump supporters or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like it's for hicks and southerners and people who have bigoted opinions or whatever Mm -hmm. but willie nelson is a great example of a super liberal super accepting activist uh who's been a part of the country scene for a long time something else i was thinking about with him um i don't really get so i uh my partner was cooking dinner the other day and they have a roommate who's a huge stoner and she walked into the room and she was like, what are you listening to? And uh, my partner was listening to like some country music. And uh, there was a mention of like within the next few seconds, like doing dope or smoking weed or something. And they were like, Oh, this is stoner music. And her roommate was like, yeah, what Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? So there's this, that straight laced sort of, misconception is still there but if you look at it in our popular culture if you wanted to find the the people most famous for smoking weed it would probably be snoop dogg and neck and neck with him willie nelson yeah you know like they are the top two weed smokers in pop culture Mm -hmm. and willie nelson classic straight laced country guy at the start of his career got crazier as he went um and a, a personal favorite Willie Nelson song that isn't as big, but you should seek out. It's actually written by Steve Goodman. Um, it's a queer country song called Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other. Um, and that's got... I remember you showed us that. That that one, that's one of the first Willie Nelson songs that I really love, but that's super fun. I think you brought that on the show before, actually. I think I have. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty late. Like, that's from 2011 or something. Um, just definitely worth seeking out and roll through his discography a little bit. You'll find something you like, like 95 studio albums. And we're going to hear a little bit more from that discography, an album that is sitting here uh, to my right. This is something from Waylon and Willie. I just wanted to play it. We can talk about it a little bit, but we've talked about both the artists, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson, who teamed up a few times. Um, this is a great uh, sort of anti-drug 
song, kind of, which is very ironic coming from them. I was going to say they are bullshitting to the extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not exactly anti-drug, but it's it's sort of one of those songs where it's like, oh, I love you so much, I don't need drugs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my personal favorite, other than uh, "Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys" from this album. I can get off on you. This is a great one. Take back the weed, take back the cocaine, baby. Take back the pill, take back the whiskey, too. Don't need it now, your love was all I was after. I'll make it now, but I can get off on you. I can buy on little or nothing at all. I can't hide just thinking about you And so Take back the weed Take back the cocaine, baby Take back the pill It's like a good little duet. I don't know. It just works for me. Well, this isn't the first or last country duet we hear, or collaboration, right? Yeah. Is collaboration frequent in country music? You've talked about these people intersecting in their lives and careers. Yeah. I mean, definitely a lot more frequent than something like rock music. Like, lots of times in rock music, if there's a collaboration, it's a pretty big deal. Right. You know, but Waylon Jennings and Willie Willie Nelson did a few albums together. You're going to hear, at the end of this, a Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson uh, duet like George Jones has done duets with probably 30 different people. Yeah. Like it just happens. Maybe it's a whole album. Maybe it's just a song, but it's not really a big deal to put these artists together. Yeah. And lots of times the sparks really fly and it's just great stuff. Were the, were country musicians, the first scene stirs? Maybe. I mean, especially this outlaw scene, like these people are mixing and mingling all over the place. Hmm. There are tons of collaborative albums. I mean, one of the reason, Willie has 95 studio albums is, I mean, 70, 70 of them are solo albums, but 25 are albums he did entirely with other people. And if you're going into the studio and you have some songs you wrote yourself, but then you have half songs coming from songwriters that aren't necessarily covers, but they're like, oh, here's a new song for you, Willie Nelson. It's pretty easy to get a few albums out a year. Yeah. You know, what did you think of this one? Anything? I Any mean, notes? I like that. I thought it was just like a nice little cute country song. Yeah. I, I don't think Waylon and Willie is like one of the great albums of all time, but I think it's worth listening to once or twice if you like this stuff. Mm-hmm. And speaking of artists who consistently make great stuff, this is not necessarily a popular or unpopular opinion. This is just someone who hasn't thought about a lot. Um, Doug Somm uh, was one of the first people that got me into country music with a certain bootleg uh, that I know Michael has inherited uh, from me as a Thanksgiving tradition, and we will talk about that a little more. But this is something from his original band, the Sir Douglas Quintet, who had a hit uh, in the 60s, She's About a Mover. Um, And this is is actually from the Complete Mercury Masters, so I don't think this is actually an album track. I think this is an alternate version. But this is a very country version of Texas Me, which is one of my favorite... Doug Sam's song, so let's let her rip. To my home in Texas, 
Yeah, so I mean, Doug Som is just a truly fabulous songwriter. I really, he has a distinct voice. I would recommend this album next to me, Doug Som and Band, his first solo album. Yeah, let me interrupt you right there by saying some, <laughs> of, some of my favorite country tidbits are come from these album covers. I love the use of like caricature yeah. on this one and some other ones that we're going to get to as well. Ugh. It's it's a bit it's a bit goofy, but like I don't know, like Shotgun Willie made me chuckle, but I mean like I guess that one just has just so much charm to it. It is very <laughs> charming. There's also a uh I, I I it's like a Mandela effect thing for me. I always swore he was on the album cover, but he's not for contractual reasons. He might be back here. Wait, he's not the dude with the violin? Oh no, this is Doug Som. I'm thinking about someone else who actually, yeah, he does appear hidden right here next to Doug Som who might be a familiar face to you all. Um, someone who is not really mentioned except for in the liner notes, a uh, Bob Dylan, who was not super... Uh, my, my man just chuckling in the background. Not there. super active in 1971, but he contributes a song to this, uh, Wallflower, which he has his own great version of. This version is great as well. Um, Let's see. Seek out the back cover of the vinyl edition. I'll do a uh, I'll do a, a very blurry extreme close up in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he's he is there. He's well hidden, but he is there. I was gonna say they really like it, you can really only see like a Corner. very a fraction of his yeah, face. They were playing with fire there, and I think they knew it. But why why, why couldn't he have been on it? Um, this is a, an Atlantic record. Oh, of course, Bob so Dylan famously on Capitol for a majority of his career. Wow. So a bit of a contractual issue there, but I don't think they really got in trouble for it. Doug Som was never very big, but... uh, I believe um, uh, at the tail end of uh, last semester, you showed me a song by him. Yeah, and and another shout-out to Ryan. Doug Doug Som's a personal favorite of his, I know. Um, So, yeah, definitely seek him out. What did y'all think of this one? I liked it. Um, it. You're right. It is like country, kind of turned up to 11. It's very, very prominent fiddle on this, which we don't have much fiddle. I wish we did, man. That, yeah. That's the, one of the reasons I love this track. Gave me a lot of desire vibes, but also this is the stuff I feel like rockers can come around to, like the really fast fiddle playing. Definitely. That just somehow marries perfectly with this kind of music. Yeah, it really like, just moves forward very quickly. Um, and we're speaking of rockers, actually, this is sort of our bridge. We're kind of out of outlaw country. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about the country rock crossover mm. uh, in the late 60s going into the 70s. Um, one of the most important artists to talk about in that, uh, although they don't really get mentioned in it a lot. And I don't know if I'm off base or if everyone else is. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Definitely extremely important. Uh, this is the song we're going to play here at the end of the episode, Looking Out My Back Door. Stick to the end to hear a better version. <laughs> <laughs> Singing, do do do, looking out 
Now, uh, we have a bit of a joke of uh, being the first best and only music podcast. I think they are the first best and only swamp rock band. <laughs> that is very true. Credence has one of those sounds that is so specific to them that mm. you can't really... Like, if you just if you try to do it, you just sound like bad Credence. Yeah, true. You know? And I try to tell me that's not country music. It's that's not it, country that's, music. You're fucking wrong. He name checks Buck Owens. That's true. Name drops. Like, it's really just... Yeah. I, I am not a totally massive Credence fan, but if you don't like Credence Clearwater Revival, then I think, like, we should study your brain because there's just some piece missing. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, there, there are a few bands that I think are totally universal, but there's just something about them. I don't know what it is. You're going to have to send me more songs because after playing this song over and over and over again, trying to practice it, I don't think I can ever hear it again, but I'd love to discover some more. Definitely. Honestly. Every album but their last album. Yes. Like, they are one of those bands that they just are pretty much perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you will find great stuff on every album. I used to dislike their cover of uh, I Put a Spell on You. I was wrong. It's great. Highly recommend, um, I believe it came out in 2019, um, their uh, Live at Woodstock album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> they came on after the Grateful Dead, who, surprise, surprise, went over their time. <laughs> and so all the hippies and stuff were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so they were really pissed so they kind of give this kind of angry performance I, re- I really need to hear that. it's really good that's awesome well you know one of the I, I think not only were the hippies asleep because the grateful dead were on <laughs> <laughs> but i think it was probably primarily because the grateful dead had such a bad lsd trip at woodstock that they played like three songs they played turn on your love light for 45 minutes that mm-hmm. sounds like so like the Grateful Dead were not in very good form that night. No. I mean, and also, let's see, what's like 69? Yeah. They, I think they were yet to be, like, the Grateful Dead. Because either Live Dead had come out that year or the year before. Right. So they had yet to be, like, an American Beauty and Uncle John's band were still on the yeah, way. So, I don't, yeah. I don't think that, yeah, they're two best albums. I don't think that Credence even shows up in the Woodstock movie wow. at all. Yeah. Actually. Or if they do, it's only for a second. I mean, they had lots of ground to cover, but... Well, just for that comment, we're getting my dad on to do a Grateful Dead episode. <laughs> I would honestly love to do that. I, th- I think I think I could... I don't in- think anybody else would. <laughs> <laughs> I could acknowledge well, that. Well, it could just be... <laughs> Me and Ben just shitting on the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad being like, no, it's good, guys. I, I can find songs that I like. Uh, I digress. I like American Beauty and I like Uncle John's band. I agree. All right, we're changing this into the let's try to tell Michael we don't hate them that much episode. And we finish it off like I kind that. of hate the Grateful Dead, but I like them too. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's what every fan's relationship is well, like. I digress. Let's keep talking about country rock, yeah. which with probably the most high profile example of it, I'd say, at least in the early 70s and the beginning of the movement, mm. um, Neil Young became a very big adopter of country sounds and country music. And where's he from? Not the American South? No. From as, Canada. As, oh, Canada. Yeah, as far north as you can get. Yes. As far yes. north as you can get. <laughs> As far as I know, you're right. Yeah. 
So let's just hear a little bit of Out on the Weekend from Harvest, probably his his biggest album ever and probably the one with the most clear country influence until we get to Comes a Time. Uh, and then probably the one after that. And there's maybe one later. But yeah, this is this is the first big country-esque album from him. So you hear the pedal steel coming in there and like very clearly some country influence, but this is where you kind of start hearing all those influences swirling around. You're hearing mm-hmm. the country, but then the folk is there and the rock elements too. And like, that's, that's really what you're thinking of when you're thinking country rock. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention Neil kind of on this whole album has this style of acoustic guitar playing that melds perfectly with the percussion. Definitely. Um, and that kind of becomes his trademark moving forward. Yeah. I just... mean, one of the great acoustic players of all time, but like that, that that's probably the one where it's like, if you like that, if you've heard harvest and you like that, like you should be into this other stuff. Yeah. It comes a time. It's just one of my, it's just so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Such a great underrated Neil Young project. That's that's my planned next phase is my Neil Young phase. Definitely. I'm rolling through his stuff right now and very, very rewarding, I would say. Um, so coming up next, I want I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit in the country rock conversation. Um, and there's a very underrepresented movement I'm a very big fan of uh, that I haven't... There's not even really a great coined term for it. The best I've seen is hippie billy. Mm-hmm. Um but there was a small period of time at the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s where there were lots of long-haired, freaky people making country music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, no bones about it, straight-up country music, pretty much. Uh, great example, who we're going to talk about first, Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen. Um, who... I've, I've decided the EP album cover... Is going to be a ripoff of this. It looks like <laughs> End Die from Shouter. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. It definitely is a lot. I recently uh, found this at the record store. Um, but this song that I'm about to play, Seeds and Stems Again, very on-the-nose, hippie-esque. About gardening. About gardening title. Um, a type of gardening. Uh, this, this was one of my first favorite country music songs. This is just a great dejected song. And this one, we probably won't play it, but this does have a bridge that uh, really 
over like brings that sort of country stereotype over the top where he's like my dog died yesterday and you left me and blah 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 like just the the finance company came by today and repossessed my home uh but that's just a drop in the bucket compared to losing you um just to sort of like their tongue is always it's 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 tongue firmly placed in cheek sort of music but it's very very well played um and just a great tight band from ann arbor michigan what Sitting alone Saturday night Watching Late, late show A bottle of wine Some cigarette I got no place To go Well I saw Your other man Today He was wearing my brand new Shoe And I'm down Seeds and stems again too. Really gorgeous fiddle and steel guitar interplay on that. Um, any live version you hear, anything, like there are parts where the pedal steel and the fiddle will trade off solos, and it just is consistently great. Mm-hmm. They were a truly great band. I highly recommend Commander Cody. Um, most of their stuff, you will find stuff you like. There's some clunkers there, but like, just a great hippie band. Yeah, I seriously cannot stop looking at this album cover. Like, I'm, I see like the fringe on the ropes, and see you can see where it starts and ends, and the the detail down. Oh, there. I didn't it's even just, notice. It's just beautiful. The man. Lost Planet Airmen is a uh, like desert skyline, yeah. right? But then with the like Saturn. Oh. planet and my god there is a there's quite a bit going on here it's a lot know. and it's it's also matte too so you're just like now just imagine with your it. face <laughs> 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 kindness texas yeah it's it's truly gorgeous gorgeous debut album cover especially if you can find it on vinyl just um be in the room with it would that, would that be your favorite um commander cody and his lost Money airman album yeah, that's probably this is probably my my favorite one, but they they have like great live stuff from later. Um, other standouts on this, Wine Do Your Stuff is great. They have a cover of uh, Family Bible on here that's really good. It's just good stuff. Their big one was a uh, Hot Rod Lincoln, which is a cover, um, and that's a pretty good one too. But yeah, good Michigan band that moved out west to try to make it big. Wow. So somehow they did yeah, with yeah. this music. <laughs> Yeah, uh, nothing says country like it's just a bunch of pasty Midwestern kids. <laughs> Speaking of uh, pasty people, although I don't know if they're from the Midwest, let's talk about Graham Parsons. We need to stay in his hotel room. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna really get Brody involved a little bit more on this one because I know this is where he's been at lately. Yeah. But. Uh, let's hear a little bit from the Gilded Palace of Sin, the first Flying Burrito Brothers album. <laughs> this song is called Wheels. Listen for some really far out pedal steel guitar on this one. We've all got 
Let me, let me just tell you. While they they while unfortunately in his very short life he was on very few albums. Every album Graham Parsons was on is a goddamn masterpiece. You are a hundred percent correct, Brody. Definitely. Um. So Graham Parsons, he spent some time in a band that I'm going to recommend later, International Submarine Band. Um, and then he became a member of the Birds for one album. Yeah. Um, he did the Flying Burrito Brothers. I think he was only with them for two albums. Two albums. Uh, Gil Pazasen and Burrito Deluxe. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, two solo albums. Two solo albums. And that's it. He passed away. Yes. And those five albums, all of them, I would highly recommend. Definitely. He, he has uh, just a very keen sense for country songwriting. And you hear kind of his hallmarks on on a song like that i mean it's just like it's 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 the kind of stuff that leaves you speechless honestly like something like hickory wind um it's just and it truly is like um honestly because international submarine band is credited as the first true blue country rock album Mm -hmm. um and he really just combined the genres greatly i mean like that um that fuzzy distorted pedal steel just gives yeah. gives that song a very uh, psychedelic element right you want to, to talk it. about like we we talked about drums being a big deal in country music like mm-hmm. that's one of the things that makes this country rock is you cannot put effect pedals on a pedal steel it's just not allowed yeah the, yeah. the grand old opry pre people would have been like they would have passed <laughs> out yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely i mean it's just and talk about, I wish I had this one on vinyl, because this first Flying Burrito Brothers album... Yeah, I've I been know, considering getting a t-shirt with the album cover on it. Yeah, this is I just listened to it several times over the summer. It is great. Fabulous album and a gorgeous album cover. Not yes. to mention, not to bring it up again, one of Jay Maskus's favorite bands. Wow. Really? I did not know that. Shout out to Jay Maskus. Good, good taste, man. Agreed. Um, we're going to just keep rolling with the hippie yes. country stuff unless anyone else has anything to say about no this. just i know i i already said but uh those five albums those two solo albums uh the two uh first two flying breeder brothers that birds album international Marine album check all those out they're all worth your time yeah i mean just a truly gone too soon great artiste oh um did you watch the video i sent you over the summer i don't know about his his death no we well, should watch it together. Uh, I forgot the YouTube channel. If I had my phone on me, I'd look it up. But um, look up something like Graham Parsons' death, and you'll see a woman with um, dark black hair and bangs. Watch that video because it gives a very interesting story about his death and one of, I think, one of the coolest crimes ever committed. <laughs> All right, we can move on. One of the coolest crimes ever committed. Um <laughs> We talked about the Grateful Dead a little bit earlier. We're going to get uh, as close as we can here without getting close to them here. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to smell them. But uh, this is New Riders of the Purple Sage, who are tangentially related to the Grateful Dead. They toured around with them, and their original pedal steel player was one Jerry Garcia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not appear on any of the albums, but um, Lonesome L.A. Cowboy is one of the songs from this, their first and best, or not their first, but one of their albums, and their best album, The Adventures of Panama Red. (laughs) 
another really good example of country rock. I mean, those drums are like very involved. Right. And it's very up tempo. Yeah, and I think what you hear with the hippie billy stuff specifically, and the country rock is, there's like, like it's it's pretty straight ahead. Like the country influence is very apparent and very out front. Um, but there's a real like none of the elements of the song get get their own space like especially with uh stuff like the flying burrito brothers like everything's kind of crammed in there you know what i'm saying yeah like big reverbs and big it it sort of creates a wash of sound more than like specific denoted parts Mm -hmm. and that's just that i really love that so if, if anyone has more examples of stuff like this um i know i have a few but like i love this stuff so bring it on if you know DM ben. more hippie billy music. Yeah, yeah, find me and send it to me. Um, what did y'all think? Loved it. New Riders of the Purple Sage. Loved it as well. It makes sense why this was uh, another like top tier example of pedal steel for me. Oh, yeah. Um, with Jerry on it. Definitely. Just like a wonderful player. Gorgeous pedal steel. This is actually not Jerry playing, but oh. yes. I thought you just said that Jerry no, he, was on he, the No, he, he played with them early on in their live dates, but he was not, he never mm. recorded with them or anything. The okay. Dave Mustaine of hippie Billy. Indeed. Mm. So true. <laughs> I'm sure a comparison we all know. Yeah. That's a very clear comparison. Yeah. And I understood what you were saying. <laughs> what else you got for us? Okay. So we're going to, we're going to dip into folk for a second here and then we're going to move into like our last segment. I just really wanted to bring this one on because um, I just think it's a fabulous song. Uh, the Swimming Song by Loudon Wainwright III. Oh, yeah. uh, this features a fabulous ending solo by Rusty Kershaw. Go look up the Kershaw Brothers episode of Cocaine and Rhinestones. Rusty and Doug Kershaw. Um, the first Cajun representation in country music and American pop music. And that, you want to talk about a marginalized community. Um, that's one of them, definitely, uh, that that country music took on and really extolled. Ex, ex um, but Rusty was instrumental in producing and uh, affecting how Neil Young's On the Beach sounds. Um, And he plays only on two songs of that album, but he was around getting everyone totally stoned and bringing old furniture into the studio. And uh, that whole album was recorded with the lights off just by candlelight. But he has a ripping fiddle solo on the end of the swimming song. Um, And that's really what I want to highlight because this just puts the perfect cap on an already great song. an absolutely beautiful song that's a barn burner yeah it is it suddenly becomes one at the end i mean like it's equally like it's equally as melancholy as it is like uplifting you know yeah Yeah. like it's almost like i'm just trying to think of it but like it's just i can't think of the word come back to me okay Um, (laughs) top top three um for me this this i think this was number three of my most favorites on the playlist just 
oh my god such a good song it's like that that top tier banjo playing that yeah. i can only get from like mellow my mind by neil young and some sufi and stevens tracks mm-hmm. it's, it's just like it's, it goes right in there perfectly it's so good yeah just beautiful interplay between those and then that fiddle solo comes in and just like absolutely blows your mind mm-hmm. and, and and having rusty kershaw do his classic cajun scream there at the start like god he look up uh try to find a live video of him um one of the most involved and crazy live performers ever just a total whirlwind on stage Mm -hmm. um so what we're gonna move into now is just sort of a bit of a catch-all for our last few here i kind of wanted to show it's not totally modern um, but kind of where country music went after the seventies, because obviously the eighties happened and the production really gets eighties with that. And then the nineties happened and you have achy breaky heart and yeah. George Strait and just this, this stuff that kind of starts, uh, grading on, uh, people who listen to music. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are like the diamonds in the rough. Right. Like this, the, yeah. This, this is like bygone area. Yeah. This, this is like stuff now that we're moving into where, um, you'd have to go to alternative sources for good country music, which is kind of what, ha- what has happened as of late with rock music as well. Like if you're thinking about like whatever, I don't really know what is technically considered like alternative music now or rock music, mm-hmm. but like that stuff is, just so far out from being anything I'd be interested in listening to that I kind of have to go elsewhere for what I want. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's sort of the same way with country music now. Uh, Luckily, very easy. Thanks to the internet. Uh, What we're going to hear first is too cool to be forgotten uh, by Lucinda Williams, who had been around since the eighties, but really came into her own in the nineties with uh, her album, car wheels on a gravel road. Uh, There's another great song on here about the late, great blaze Foley. Um, which I will find really Another quick. God-given name, Blaze. Blaze, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Drunken Angel, uh, about him. A very tortured soul there, but who wrote some really great songs. Uh, Too Cool to Be Forgotten. It just, it just works, folks. This is great. This is a little more country rocky, but this is good. To me, 
That's as much of a an indie album as it is a country music album. Right. I was gonna say. Well, I don't think it's as lo-fi as we were talking about, but like that that album came out like what late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at I think at a time where country music was being produced like pop records, like it's this is a very straightforwardly like produced mm-hmm. country outing. And you're right, it has a lot of rock and um alternative and indie rock influences right. it on it's, it. it's kind of reminiscent to me like if you think about the breeders cover of driving on nine yeah i think it definitely is taking a lot of influence from uh some of the singers we've had on the show or you guys have talked about before like fiona apple tori amos mm-hmm. uh, Alanis morissette that kind of stuff right yeah. i was gonna say like i don't know if you had this too brody but it was still weird listening to all this country music from the 70s and the 60s and before that, and then getting something with 90s production, it was kind of like, whoa, okay, yeah, i got to yeah. readjust for a second. Definitely. And th- and that's definitely the case, is the production does change, and you'll even hear that on, like, purists like John Prine. Like, you can hear his production change when he starts getting involved with, uh, I think the bassist of Tom Petty's band produced his two big albums in the 90s, but, like, there's, there's still a lot to be, uh, if you like the production or not, there's still a lot to to get from it, and yeah, it's definitely like a it's it's out of step with the earlier stuff. You do have to kind of recalibrate for it. Right, I get what you're saying. But we're gonna talk a little bit about Todd Snyder uh, here, and he was a great friend of John Prine. He was on his label for a little bit. This is a really good um, sarcastic kind of song. This is this is given those comedy elements of country that are kind of totally lost now. Um, this is conservative Christian, right-wing Republican, straight white American male. Let's hear a little bit of this. Conservative Christian, right-wing Republican, straight white American male. Gay bashing, black fearing, war fighting, tree killing, regional leaders of sales. Rat housing, cake tapping, shirt tucking, back slapping, haters of hippies like me. Tree hugging, peace loving, pot smoking, porn watching, lazy ass hippies like me. Tree hugging, love making, pro choice and gay wedding, widespread digging hippies like me. Skin color blinded. Conspiracy-minded protesters of corporate greed We who have nothing and most likely will till We all end up locked up in jails By conservative Christian, right-wing Republican, straight white American males Not to get political, <laughs> but that's a good song. It's definitely a song that, uh, for better or worse, is still relevant today. Yeah. Like, this is from 2004, so, I mean, going on 20 years since this came out, but, like, it's all still relatively relatable. Yeah. Like, hearing him talk about pro-choice and gay weddings and stuff, like, mm-hmm. obviously those were hot-button issues back then, uh, and they still are. Yeah. And talking about, like, frat bros and... Christians and conservatives and all this stuff like there's just some stuff that never changes 
and it's I, I find it interesting if you'll allow me to soapbox for a second here um we've talked a lot about country music and we've talked a lot about what or who people think country music is for mm. and i think that todd snyder is a great example and there are lots of other great examples now uh, trixie mattel is a drag queen who makes country music like orville peck orville peck great queer country musician like country music is for you you know as much as the history might be white or the history might be male or whatever country music is it deals generally speaking with universal topics and it can be for you too if you like this sound like there there are artists that represent you in this genre especially nowadays you just have to dig a little more Mm -hmm. um and they're not going to end up in the mainstream todd snyder for sure uh would not end up in the mainstream especially today but like you this is i I think that's that's what's lost well yeah he wouldn't not even back then because i mean uh the fucking uh dixie chick said like hey we don't like this war, and then they were like banned off of uh, country radio. That's true. Yeah, I so. mean, c- country music, country music establishment, generally speaking, has been relatively conservative the entire time. Yeah, I mean, they got a, at least in the two thousands, they had to play to their mainstream fan base. Right, and and I mean, even Willie has talked about like uh, he. I remember there was an interview where he talked about uh, cowboys are frequently secretly fond of each other, and he was like, yeah. I love that song, and that's like that really is sort of my letter of solidarity with the queer community, and that kind of spells out what I believe. But I don't really play it live very often because I know there are people in the crowd who'd be offended by that, and I don't want to make my like I don't want to make my shows a statement. There's still there's this element in country music, at least with with the old guard, where they don't like to get themselves mixed up with stuff like that. But I think that's something, especially with younger musicians, that's really changing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's totally worth seeking out. We're going to round it out with a few here. Um, pretty predictable ones for me. So Iris Dement is up next. Um, this is actually a live cut of her song Our Town from her first album. I first heard Iris on the John Prine song In Spite of Ourselves and then a few more times on that same album, um, duetting with him. Now, this might be a very dumb question. Were they actually together or just, just musical partners? They were not together. Actually, the uh, idea with In Spite of Ourselves, the album by John Prine, was, hey, I'm going to reach out to a bunch of friends and uh, f- singers that I admire, and I'm going to do a duets album with a bunch of women. of like mo- like They're all covers except for uh, In Spite of Ourselves. Wow. And? Who else does a cover of it? <laughs> In spite of ourselves? Yeah. The Viagra Boys. The Viagra Boys. So very surprisingly, the Viagra Boys are very into country. But um, Iris Dement, fabulous, beautiful singer. Um, and this, I, I, I've talked a lot about how country music has kind of coincided with my like mental health struggle. And this was the first song I, I'd been on... Uh, medication for a little bit and this was the first song that i heard like after i was like getting stable and feeling better and i heard this song and i just like cried like it was just so beautiful to me i saw this live performance and heard this specific recording and i was just crying all over the place and i was like it just but it felt like a good healthy cry you know it wasn't like i had lost control Mm -hmm. or i was like oh blubbering all over the place like totally down i was just like this is really beautiful you know, and that so this this song, I had to bring on because this is is a, a really important part of my story, and I just mm. think 
gorgeous story song too about a uh, dying town in the rust belt which i think we can kind of relate with respect to you for uh being forward with all that stuff as well totally and you know the sun's setting fast and just like they say nothing good ever lasts well go on now and kiss it goodbye but hold on to your lover cause your heart's bound to die go on now and say goodbye our town to our town can't you see the sun setting down on our town on our town good night up the street beside the red neon light that's where I met my baby on one hot summer night he was the tender and the order to bear It's been 40 years and I'm still sitting here But you know the sun's setting fast And just let it say nothing could ever last Go on now and kiss it goodbye But hold on to your love Cause your heart's bound well, I, I didn't full-on cry when I first heard it. It did make me very much tear up. And I think, you know, I think as we're all in a very, you know, as we're about to, you know, grow up and go into adulthood, yeah. it's, I think it hits harder in this transitionary stage. Definitely. It was just sort of like, yeah, coming from my personal place of like having lived in a small town and mm-hmm. you go back to it and it's just not the same as it was. And just like, yeah, thinking about all this forward motion that we're set to do mm-hmm. you know it was just kind of at least that was that was where i was coming yeah from, it, so it hit me in the right place at the right time definitely yeah oh yeah yeah definitely again one of my favorites off this album or this playlist gorgeous backing vocals on that by emmy lou harris too who doesn't show up here but you should seek her out as well um you got anything michael got nothing much to add on that yeah it's just a I, I would highly encourage, check out Iris DeMet. I don't think, unfortunately, John Prine wasn't as big when they got together uh, on that album, and he wasn't really totally able to propel her as far as I think she should have gotten on her own merit. Um, I don't think she ever really got her due, and I think that she's definitely worth seeking out. We've talked about him all episode. Uh, it's time to talk about the man himself, the uh, inspiration for my facial hair, other than Frank Zappa. John Prine. Um, This is Lake Marie from his uh, 95 album, Lost Dogs and Mixed Blessings. Not a perfect album, but a pretty good one. And an album that features uh, probably my favorite song of all time. I think I have made that choice after writing a paper about it for class. Is it this song? (laughs) It is this song, Lake Marie. Oh, 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 oh. 
ago, along the Illinois-Wisconsin border, there was this Indian tribe. They found two babies in the woods, white babies. One of them was named Elizabeth. She was the fair of the two, while the smaller and more fragile one was named Marie. Having never seen white girls before, and living on the two lakes, known as the Twin Lakes, they named the larger and more beautiful lake, Lake Elizabeth, and thus the smaller lake that was hidden from the highway became known forever as Lake Marie. We were standing. That song, uh, well, let's let's y'all talk about it, and then I have, I, I want to wax on it a little bit before we end here. Sure. Are you going to whip out the essay? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read my essay. <laughs> yeah. Here. Front to back. No, but I really like John Prine's just like cadence when he sings. Like he, he sort of starts and stops in places that other singers would not. And I first heard that on his collaboration with Kurt Vile. And then mm-hmm. I heard it on this song as well. And then I listened to a couple more tracks. And I was like, wow, I just like how this guy sings in just like an alternative way to most country singers would. Because where he would, where most country singers would hold on a note, he stops it very abruptly and, and vice versa. So it's like, I can see why this guy is just so unique in, in the way he makes music. Yeah, definitely. What'd you think of this, Brody? Uh um, I think uh, much like uh, Ode to Billy Joe, uh, it took a few listens for me to kind of get where he was going. But like once I, like after a few listens, I really, really, really liked it. Yes. Yeah. And it's really good. And Ben, you're waiting to say something. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I was thinking about this driving around this weekend. Um, I've, I, I really love distilling my likes and dislikes. You know, I I like figuring out why I like what I like, why I don't like what I don't like. I don't just like saying, oh, Nickelback, I hate them. Mm. You know, I like to have a reason for my opinions, you know, even with stuff as simple as music. And I've been thinking a lot about songwriting lately, Um, not as a person, as someone doing it, but just in general and thinking, why do I like the songwriting here and not like the songwriting there? And um Something I've really noticed in analyzing Lake Marie uh, and then going to uh, Bob Dylan's 2001 album. Uh, what is that called? <laughs> wow. Bro, is it Love and Trust? Okay. Love and something. something. Okay, we're going to figure this theft. out. Love and Theft. Thank you. Um, that, that has ridden around in my car on CD for a very long time. Um, but those two albums... Uh, achieve something I have not heard in much songwriting and I think is my favorite technique ever, which is pure effortlessness. I think, so let me talk about Lake Marie for a second. Lake Marie, for those who haven't heard it, which is probably a lot of folks, um, it's done in that main chorus, which you heard, and three spoken verses. Uh, First verse, which you heard, is sort of the story of how these twin lakes were named. It's, It's... it's a probably an apocryphal story, but he so John Prine went to this place. He used to spend his summers at Lake Marie, and then he was near there touring uh, in February, and he went down there, and everything was closed because it was a resort town. But he talked to a historian who relayed that story to him. He writes that into the first verse. Then the second verse, 
is about him as a teenager meeting someone at Lake Marie who would then become his wife. And then later on, um, them going on a trip up to Canada to try and save their marriage or perhaps catch a few fish, whichever came first. Um, and that also brings in what ends up being the last lines, which is a reference to Louis Louis by the Kingsman. Um, and then the third verse takes a complete left turn and is about uh, murders, two naked bodies that were horribly disfigured found in the woods near Lake Marie and sort of the hubbub around that and uh, seeing, seeing it on the TV. So somehow over the course of six minutes, John Prine brings together these three distinct, entirely different plots that are only really, only really related by place. And he, strings them all together into my favorite song ever mm-hmm. with just the help of a super simple chorus. Um, and I've been trying to figure out what it means. And I think that I, I don't, I don't, I look at people as the same that I am and I just sort of stumble around um, and kind of do whatever, <laughs> you know, I don't have like some sort of crazy master plan. And I think there are geniuses out there who do. Um, but I think that, Somehow, through happy accident, through total genius, through a mix of the two, John Prine sort of made a perfect little piece of Americana here, where he talks about like this history that we have in this country that's only been passed down through like word of mouth, basically, and then goes forward to talk about um, like just sort of that the stuff that ties us all together, love and places we go when we're kids and just sort of that carefree attitude but then there's this undercurrent of malice under it all you know of the of this like if you're going to live in such like a big wide open country there's lots of room for people to do bad stuff too Hmm. and I, i i really can't figure it out but basically all this to say this is not we we've we've made the full journey this is not i assume what people were thinking of when they thought about country music and country yeah, lyrics. I agree. Um, but it's still a great country song and personal favorite song ever. But if, if there's, and it, it all goes back to that Bob Dylan thing too, where he could just, on that album specifically, a uh, song like Poe Boy, um, just like throw phrases to the wind and let them fall where they may and just sing them and make like an entirely great album of stuff that shouldn't work together at all and would be clumsy in another writer's hand. So, I mean, I I always have my big soliloquy at the end of these episodes I get to host and I don't know how successful it ever is, but that's pretty much it. That song, pretty good. I agree. I think it kind of sucked, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much it for this. There's not really like a thesis statement or a natural conclusion that I have. I, I like the, I like the country is for you. Oh, I do have a, Willie song. so yeah, just to play out, um, I have, and I have to pull it up, but there's this, uh, great duet, Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson, um, that I would just like to play here at the end. This would be a good play out. We'll play out this segment here with Merle and Willie. Um, seek out Merle Haggard if you haven't another great, huge name. Um, and then this, this is actually written by, by Blaze Foley. Um, 
And then we'll move into recommendations. Indeed. Uh, Thank you for doing this, Ben. This yeah. Is, I know this was a lot of work for Great you, episode. but I, I really enjoyed this. Totally. It's been high stress, but I really I liked getting this stuff in front of you all and hopefully a few other people. So here's If I Could Only Fly, Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. This is a gorgeous a gorgeous <laughs> song. <laughs> I almost felt you touching me just now. I wish I knew which way to turn and go. I feel so good, and then I feel so bad. I wonder what I ought to do. If I could only fly If I could only fly I'd bid this place goodbye To come and be with you But I can hardly Yeah, I mean, I guess we're kind of at the point. Is there any, like, overarching stuff that we'd like to talk about? You, you changed a lot with this one, my man. Yeah? This is this is some of your best work, at least for <laughs> for, for changing my perceptions on music. Was, well, good. I, I mean, mean, this is the oldest. The oldest stigmas I had about music was about country music. And I bet that's the same case for a lot of people. So, like... It's honestly just reinforced all the stigmas for me. uh good job ben thank you yes this is great uh i actually uh i was gonna say um i will probably be recreationally listening to this playlist quite often well good yes i mean on that topic if y'all uh listening out there want to look on spotify um i have a playlist under my account ben ackley uh, called Desert Days, um, that is primarily country music. There's some like southern rock and like country rock and just south sounding stuff, but like mostly country music, and that's pretty big. Um, so if you want more, more where this came from, there definitely is. I mean, it's like half John Prine, but <laughs> you know, that's kind of everything I have now. So maybe we can link it. Yeah. So I mean. That's basically it. I just, I, I don't look down on anyone for not being into country music. Like, I totally get where everyone's coming from because I was there too. Um, just, yeah, hopefully this opened some people's minds and got them to, to listen outside the box a little bit. Because yeah. I think it's super rewarding. Yeah, I think, you know what, I think everyone should give it a try. And hey, if you give it the old college try, it's not your thing, you know. Hey, that's still good, but I, I highly recommend... Going after a lot of this stuff. Definitely. And I think we can uh, just throw a few recommendations at the wall and get out of here. Sure. Um, let me go first real quick. Sure. Of course, I'm going to recommend uh, 
a band that their original motto was ear bleeding country like i mentioned my favorite band dinosaur jr and you can hear it a lot on this first record they did called dinosaur and uh this song i'd like to play called severed lips um really puts into perspective this whole idea i got from this playlist which is country music breathes it breathe takes big breaths in and takes big breaths out with those slide guitars and openness and stuff like that and the chords jay is playing throughout this song and the way the bass sort of walks that's country music for me yeah hear what you're saying now well yeah i think whether intentionally or not it's you know the low fineness of it is reminiscent of those old country records uh one thing that really uh, stood out to me was that like um that kind of fuzzy buzz in the background that was very reminiscent of the fuzzy pedal steel yep. from uh flying yeah. burrito brothers i thought so, the same yeah you want to talk about your recommendation brody yeah um uh, yes, yeah, so I picked. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, I picked uh, the album and song uh, "Nightlife" by uh, Ray Price. Um, is an example of the Nashville sound that uh, Ben had mentioned with um, what was her name? Uh, yeah, who's who's our example? Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline, um, and it is it is great. It's um, a lot of people compare him, at least his voice, to Frank Sinatra because he just has this big booming beautiful voice and uh, also another comparison is that um frank sinatra is known as to have one of the earliest concept albums about a breakup and just wandering the streets at night in the wee small hours and this is um this is very similar as the it's another very early concept album um and of course with the concept is very loose but um about uh, a breakup and just you know the nightlife as for the title, but just like, you know, drinking in bars and getting drunk in bars because you, you know, lost your, uh, lost your lover. So it's a great album. It's a great song. I highly recommend. When the evening sun goes down, you will find me Hanging round Oh, 
life Ain't no good life But it's my life I just love, I love that big old Roy Arbison reverb right down the center there. Yeah. Love it. It's massive. This, this, to me, probably because that's the concept, but to me, I just, you know, imagine just walking into just a very dreary, sad bar at night, you know, tearing your beer. Yeah, definitely. Thumbs up from me, Chief. Just good stuff. So we're going to head back into Graham Parsons land a little bit with my recommendation. Um, this is Miller's Cave from the International Submarine Band's only album, Safe at Home. Um, great album. Some stuff that Graham Parsons redid later is on it. Some stuff that he never did again is on it. Doug Somm has a good cover of this song, too. But Miller's Cave is a really great uh, murder ballad, which we haven't really talked about at all. But that's another thing in the lexicon of country music is uh, the murder ballad and uh the I killed my lover, or my lover killed someone else, or uh, pick, pick it, mix and match, something like that. Someone died. With someone died, and it's related to love. I think uh, probably the big example of that would be Long Black Veil by Lefty Frizzell, which is actually sung from the point of view of someone who's dead. Um, that's a, 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 an apt song for going into October, as is this. Um, basically, the plot, a guy finds his gal cheating on him, kills them both and hides them in Miller's cave. And he's not worried. He's the most wanted man in the state of Georgia, but he's not worried about getting found because now he's lost in Miller's cave. (laughs) Way down south in the state of Georgia through the swamp and everglades there's a hole in Tiger Mountain. God help the man who gets lost in Miller's Cave. I had a girl in Waycross, Georgia, but she had unfaithful ways. You know she made me feel unwanted. Like the bats and the bears in Miller's Cave. Still a good little country rock ass shaker there. Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it from us. I don't think we've said it in a little while. You're going to hear us play Credence here in a second, but I think we should we should say that that old uh, that old catchphrase for old time's sake good night detroit just got home from illinois like the front door old boy got to sit down take a rest on the porch Imagination sets in Pretty soon I'm singing Do, do, do Looking out my back door There's a giant doing cartwheels Statue wearing high heels Look at all the happy creatures Dancing on the lawn Dinosaur Victrola Listening to Buck Owens Do, do, do Looking out my back door Tambourines and elephants 
mission provided by magician. Do, 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 looking out my back door. Brody. Tambourines and elephants are playing in the band. Won't you take a ride on the flying spoon? Da, da, da. Bother me tomorrow. Today I'll buy.